Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Indie Film Review with me, Dan, as always, <laughs> and of course, Jared is here. Hey, what's up? This is the second podcast coming to you from the abode of Jer Bear. That's right. That's that's my new name. I changed it. Yeah, Dan's visiting me for a while. I've kept him captive in my basement yes. so he can do podcasts with me well, forever. I mean, that's normally what happens. Like you let me come up. Yeah. For these, <laughs> yeah, these couple yeah. Of days. It's it's a bit of a misery situation where I've broken your legs, but instead of writing a book, you, we just keep doing this keep stupid fucking podcast. <laughs> and it it never gets finished because, you know, the Lord's work is never done. Yeah, and then you don't like the way I ended the podcast, so you you forced me to write it again. Anyway, <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> um, <laughs> today uh, we are going to be talking about a film that we watched in a theater together a theater. last night, which is crazy. Uh, here he has close to him a theater that plays indie films. We, we watched a film that was an official Sundance selection, it looks like, and it's called First Date 2021, directed yeah. by Manuel Crosby and Darren Knapp. I believe Darren Knapp also wrote it, and so did Manuel Crosby, and I mm -hmm. think... If we remember correctly, Darren Knapp also did the camera work, which is yeah, significant yeah. in this. So both of these guys were very involved heavily in the film, maybe even in the editing, too. I don't know. Knapp, if you will. Knapp. Knapp 4. I love that game. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Looks high budget. Looks nice. Looks Movie very looked nice. Um, I mean, that could just be the camera that they had on hand, but the... Big ensemble cast. Big, yeah. Well, I wouldn't call it an ensemble cast because, well, yeah, okay, it is an ensemble There's cast. There's a huge... It is an ensemble cast, of people but in it's, this not, it's not like a lot of people that you would know. Basically. No. So, yeah, you're right. It's ensemble, but everybody does a great job, I think, yes. in this film. It's probably going to be one of the only things that I praise in this movie. <laughs> wow, dude. Um, the acting is fantastic. So uh, uh, let's get right into it, guys. Well, why don't you let us know what this movie is about? Oh, you're right. <laughs> so basically, this kid, he's really infatuated with this girl. I think they're high school students. Even though they um, definitely look like they're older than high school the students. The main character looks like he's so young. And then the female lead looks like she shouldn't be in high school anymore well and then the other dude is definitely not in high school like yeah the the jockey dude oh yeah that guy i'm like oh my god anyway that that kind of stuff did i don't know it didn't really bother me that much it, it didn't but it was just like okay uh anyway so you have this dude mike played by tyson brown and he is looking to get this girl, Kelsey, on a date. And he's shy and he's scared and he doesn't know what to do. And he has mm -hmm. a best friend that kind of encourages him to do it. And then he ends up getting a date with her and he's like, oh, I need a car to pick it up. But guys, his parents take the car away. Oh, my God. So he has to find a new car. The main character, Mike, is trying to impress this girl, childhood sweetheart, it seems like, Kelsey. But all he really needed to do in the end, you know, was just show up. I mean, he already had that in. Yeah. This girl was just like all for it, you know, ready to go for that shy, nerdy kid with no confidence. It's like every every young man's dream <laughs> that a beautiful woman who could beat him up is like, I like you just the way you are. Yeah. <laughs> so, but okay, let's let's get into this movie. So questions, Dan. So you were saying that the acting was the strongest part of this movie. But I don't believe you when you say that was the only thing that you liked. Because I think the camera work in this movie was really good. Okay, so the camera work was really good. See? Okay. But, but, uh-huh. 
I felt it was a little few and far between. Like I said, I really like interesting camera work and they did interesting camera work, but then they just went back to regular humdrum camera work. Like mm. they could have done more creative stuff with mm. the camera work, but that's just me being nitpicky. There was like Dutch angles in this. Yes. There were really nice close-ups. They did some interesting like fadeaway things. Yes. I feel like they were doing a lot of crazy shit. You're right. You're right. I'm just I'm being nitpicky. Like I said, I, I like camera movement. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying like I'm not trying to invalidate your opinion. I'm just saying th this is the stuff that I noticed. I, I guess what you mean because like you're saying camera movement, right? Yes. So there was a lot of like they do a fun thing and it would be like a static yes. shot, and that might be a budgetary thing too. Correct. Think about it. Nobody has a fucking dolly. You could like rig one, I guess, and try to like make a fake dolly or like you know it's kind of it gets kind of hard to make those shots but then you could do a tracking shot right true that could work i don't know i i feel like that isn't the thing that really took me out of the film because unfortunately i was taken out yeah no that was that so camera work is not something that is what takes you out of the film what takes me out of the film i don't do you want to do questions well you can finish your thought and then ask me a question well, I'm going to ask you a question by finishing my thought. All right. I'm very excited uh, Jared, for how these two things are Did you like how, how long the movie was? How long was it? It was an hour and 46 minutes. It felt longer than that. Yes, it did. And that hurts me to say because <laughs> this – I don't think this is a bad movie. There's so many good things about it. It has like a 5.4 on IMDb, which I, I think it's a little bit higher than that if yeah, we're going to be fair I, to it. It only started to wane at certain parts and – it really was the comedy, I think, that was harder on me mm. because some of the comedy was annoying or grating. Like things would just go on for so long. And I feel like the movie thought it was really funny. And for me, I was like, this is. Are you talking about like, me. like, like his the callbacks? Best, well, his best friend being oh, really yeah. obnoxious. Yeah. Some of the stuff with the cops. Some of the stuff at the end where it's like a character's going to do something and it takes them so long to do the thing. You're like, just do the thing. The movie has over coverage of a lot of stuff. Like we've talked about a lot before in other films where it's like you need to cut down the baby that you love. Like I know you love the film and you've made this and like every shot is, is meaningful and impactful to you. But you have to have an editor that's going to fucking cut this shit up to make it streamlined for people who aren't as attached to it. Because mm -hmm. like you're going to love it. Everyone who's involved in the film, they're biased. We bring our own bias to it, but it's different, you know? If that joke, because like, jokes were landing. Mm -hmm. I get hit by a joke, I'm like, good joke. Okay. And then you're like, hey, this joke's still going on. <laughs> it's been like three minutes. You're like, right. um, we need to keep going. We need to move this along. <laughs> like, what? Like, the dude, so in the beginning, this isn't really a spoiler. His best friend is like trying to coax him into calling this girl on a date. And he's like drinking the orange juice thing and he's like fucking around with the orange juice and like they keep cutting back to him and he's like got it on his head and I don't know what the fuck's going on. That gag went on for so long and I'm like, I don't even understand what this kid is doing with this fucking <laughs> orange juice. It just, it's like sometimes we're in a cartoon and other times we're in a straight up drama where people are getting murdered. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, okay. So the violence in this movie is... Very realistic. Very realistic. And certain times it's like, holy shit. Yeah. And then other times it's like, all right, we get it. <laughs> so, like, again, that just, I, I think that has to do with the, mm -hmm. the, the runtime. Like, we yeah. could have gotten rid of some scenes. Jared, another question for you. Sure. Because I think this, the, the definitely an all star cast, despite the fact that you don't know any of them. Yeah. So who, many really great people. Who was your favorite character? Ooh. Well, I like the captain. I didn't even know that was his name. I'm looking at the IMDb right now. But Jesse Jason played the villain. 
and he was fucking amazing. I also love the the two police officers. My favorite, like I, I have a tie. Nicole it's, Berry and uh, Nicole Berry as Sergeant Davis. She is yeah, one of my favorite characters. She's wonderful because she, she's she plays it so deadpan the yeah, entire time. But so then good. she has one of the best scenes in the movie, which we'll talk about. Yeah, the other deputy, uh, Samuel Adamola, I believe. Really good. Yes, I love them both. Just yeah, they, as just as, a as a duo, a unit, yeah. Some of the stuff that like where they went with the character, I wish they would have flushed it out a little more mm. because they use there's there's some twists and turns in this movie where you're kind of like I don't understand where this is coming from. But uh, I also liked Dennis too, uh, Dennis, Scotty Noble. Dennis was good as Dennis. He was one of the obnoxious, annoying characters that I didn't mind. I really? thought he did a really good job. Very obnoxious, and for some reason, I was fine with it. <laughs> I don't know why. My, I was like, "Yeah, okay, that's him. That makes sense." Well, because could he, have been an acting thing, I guess. He's the guy he's talking about is basically like he won't ever shut up, yeah. and he's like a salesman. Like he's My he makes minute. everything a pitch. Basically, mm -hmm. my other favorite one was uh, Vince, uh, played by Ryan Quinn Adams, because he knows how to get angry yeah very well. he keeps yelling at that kid and the whole movie he's just screaming at either the people he's working he's one of the criminals he's yeah. either screaming at somebody in his group mm -hmm. or he's screaming at somebody else and mm -hmm. that's all he does is just scream and it's yeah. hilarious you know i feel like the whole movie could have been about the gang members yes even more yes. than like this kid it felt like there were almost two movies conflicting with each other of like mm. him and and the girl going on an adventure but then you have this whole big cast of like kooky interesting characters trying to get that car yeah uh, it was interesting how like all of that kind of got mixed in together but yeah i mean you look you take a look at this list and like how many characters are on here there's there is a lot going on in this movie one other thing i wanted to ask you is the main character mike tyson brown is mike did you mike like, tyson brown whoa dude you're blowing my <laughs> fucking mind right now. No, so I liked his performance, but I felt like they intentionally made him a very quiet, subdued character. Mm. And he doesn't really have a lot of lines. Mm. How did you feel having a more passive character? In it the was movie? an interesting... It, I mean, I, I feel like I've seen movies like this before where, like, you know, a passive character is the main character. Or the one that is kind of introduced as a main character. Yeah, because he's basically like the straight man, and then all the crazy, goofy shit happens yeah, to him. Yeah, so I think it, I think it worked because he was a straight man uh -huh. in that regard, and he's in high school, so people die in front of him, and he freaks out and he freezes up. Yeah. Also, did you think that was jarring though? Because like some of that shit gets so dark. Like when we get into spoilers in about a minute. There's definitely a scene I need to talk about, like where the first major death of the movie oh, happens, God, yeah. and then we just kind of leave that scene. You're like, what? So, anyway, well, yeah. How did you How did you feel about um, some of the experiences? I guess that this character goes through. Did it take you out of the movie? Like, what did you expect this movie to be? I honestly thought, for some reason, like I, I forgot that it was going to be a comedy, action comedy, action thing. comedy thing. I thought it was going to be more thriller based. Mm. So I, I, I don't know. Like it was. A lot of the comedy came from him being a straight man, uh -huh. and maybe not like ha ha laugh out loud comedy, but like a lot of the because you're experiencing situational. it, yeah, it, it, the situational ideas, like it, you're experiencing it through this character that is just literally a passive agent. It, it's kind of like because he is a passive agent, you got to experience it more organically. Mm. Like you, a character is not making decisions for you for most of the movie mm -hmm. like you are just along the ride with him yeah i liked how um 
any attempt he made to be the hero was a failure. Yes. I actually enjoyed that yes. <laughs> because it's not like, oh, by the end of the movie, he's like grown completely as a different person. I mean, he has he gains confidence, which is a pretty normal thing that for a main character to get in his arc at the end. But hey, if you have confidence and you're trying to do something, sometimes it still fails. <laughs> yeah. And I liked that. And sometimes your girlfriend knows karate. Sometimes. Or kickboxing, I guess, in this case. All right. So we're going to spoil this movie. First date. Let's see, where is it streaming? I will find out. I don't even know if it is streaming because we saw it in theaters, but I will look it up right now. Okay, so you can find First Date on Amazon, looks like Apple TV, um, YouTube. a lot of different places, but it's all for rent. It doesn't look like you can get it through a streaming service, but yeah, there you go. First Date. So we're going to spoil it. Here we go. Okay, so when the alien showed up and he's like, I am from Gorblox, where is your cheese cheddar provolones? That was pretty cool, right? You yes, like that? yes, I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I like the costume design. See, the fact that Gorblox was played by <laughs> Dennis Quaid. Yeah, I thought his career was dead because of all the illegal things he did, but I guess they let him come back on set. Not Randy Quaid. Oh, I was thinking of Randy Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> ah, we like to have fun here. Actually, I should have said Randy Quaid. That would have been more ridiculous. I right? know. My bad. Okay, <laughs> joke's over. So, Jared, you wanted to talk about the first major death and how uh, yes. we just forget about it for, yes. what, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes? Okay, so a lot of shenanigans happen in this movie. He gets a car from that... Wait, uh, I, I'm talking about the opening scene. Oh, the opening scene? Okay, so basically, somebody dies in the yeah. opening scene of the movie. Talk about and that And then movie. we're like... Or talk about that. Okay... Because it cuts to him, and we're like, who the fuck is this guy that died? Yeah, like, this dude gets shot through a door. He's trying to escape, and he's calling his girlfriend to, to like, run away with him to Mexico, right? He is, is packing all his shit, and then all these people are, like, watching him, and the dude with the masks, masks shows up. And because they can't open his door, they just shoot a bullet right through it. Yeah, and he does. Hits him right in the chest, and he is dead. They murder that man. He is bleeding out in the most realistic way possible, and then cut to a lighthearted comedy about yeah, a kid. Trying but to get it a turns date. out that that guy is part of the the group of criminals that ended up killing him. Like he was part of the mm -hmm. team, and they just accidentally killed him. But he is best friends with a guy named um, well, the the guy that sells Mike the car. I forgot yeah, yeah, his yeah. name already. Big Dick Mahoney. No, it's uh, Dennis. Dennis. So he's best friends with Dennis, and then. He basically stows this car full of cocaine mm -hmm. at Dennis's house. And then Dennis, being the fast talker he is, sells that car to Mike. And Mike has no fucking idea what mm -hmm. he just got himself And he's into. just trying to impress a girl for yes. a date, right? And it's significant to mention that it's like a 65 Chrysler or something. Like, they make jokes about that yeah. throughout the film. It's kind of a cool car. I mean, yeah. you just get a new paint job on it, honestly. But so, okay, so he's cruising around... And all this stupid shit keeps happening to him, like there's a bunch of stolen watches in the in the car. So he so he gets pulled over first. He's dealing with these two cops, and then he goes and returns the watches, and then the wife is there, and somebody has like flipped upturned the whole house yeah. and her husband is missing, Dennis. So she freaks out and just starts shooting at this kid. This is the first thing where I'm like, I don't understand this. This woman shoots at him like she's got a hundred bullets in this gun. And then he escapes. She trips on a Roomba, which is kind of funny because they set it up earlier. Yeah. But then when the cops show up and they they sit everyone down, they're like, okay, what's been going on? That lady doesn't get arrested? I know. For attempted murder? Like, even if this guy was in her house. 
Dude, it's like fucking stand your ground law, man. <laughs> yeah, where was this filmed at? Because this kid was clearly not going to hurt anyone. He was just running away the whole time. Well, they can see the ballistics, though, of how many yeah. times this woman shot this gun. It would be insane. So the cops just let her go. And I, that maybe that should have been a, the first clue that the cops were crooked, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that makes like, sense. What? But my question to you is, did the cops know the whole time that there were drugs in the car? Because that's the big thing about the cars. The the car is every single crevice of the car is full of cocaine. I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they knew what they were looking for like a while ago. But that's never revealed. So I mean, we could speculate that. But it's like, so you know what? I was gonna give them the benefit of the doubt and be like, oh, maybe they just found it and then they they're like, oh, cool, a bunch of cocaine, we'll steal it. But they knew who the buyer was already. Yeah. So why didn't they just? Take the car from the kid in the very beginning of the film instead of betray him in like that big thing near the end. That it just didn't make any sense. Do you want your movie to make yes, sense? Yes, I do. <laughs> Especially when it's such a huge twist with these two cops, because these two cops keep showing up. You're like, what is going on with these cops? Why do they keep showing up? Mm. So that makes sense to me that it's like, okay, maybe they're they are bad, but they're so nice to Mike and they keep letting him off off the hook or True. whatever. But still, if like they know about the drugs, she'd be like, listen, hey, get out of the car. We're going to get in the car. We don't need to even tell you what we're doing. And then we just fucking or just say, hey, we got to impound your car. Pull him over. Tell him he's getting arrested for some bullshit reason. But they don't. They <laughs> they beat him up. They beat well, him let's up talk later about on this. in the film. Let's talk about this yeah. scene. This scene is amazing. So, it's a good scene, but I'm, it still kind of doesn't make it, sense. It, it, well, I know. But you have Nicole Berry playing Sergeant Davis. And she is, like I said, deadpan. And she she's the one that's kind of nice to him, Mike, throughout the entire yes. movie. And then he accidentally finds the cocaine behind an 8-track player. Or mm -hmm. at least part of it. Yeah. And he has it all over his um, hand. They ask him to get out of the car. And he's like, uh, okay, but I swear it's not mine. And then one of the cops is like, yeah, it's not yours. You're just holding it for somebody, right? And then the lady cop's like, yeah, you're right. It's not yours. It's ours. Yeah. And she fucking smacks him over the face yeah. with a mag light. Yeah. And it like <laughs> it was the first time because, like I said, she's been a straight person. Straight person. She's been the straight man the entire time. She's been so straight, Dan. Yes. So straight. She's been the straight man the entire time. And she's been nice to him the entire time. Yeah. And now that she understands that the drugs are in the car... She whacks the fuck out of him. Mm -hmm. And then while he's on the ground, the other cop beats him up. Yeah, that the flip of that, I mean... It was jarring. Yes. And then again, it with a little more context, I think it could have been perfect. Mm. If maybe... I don't know. I don't know. Like, maybe he met the cops without the car at first. And then when he meets them again with the car, then they're like, oh, shit, this is the car we want. Mm, this yeah. has the drugs. Then they get it. Because them meeting him with the car several other times doesn't make any sense. Because, like, they would have taken the car immediately if they know exactly what's in it and what they want to do with it. It's strange. Um, another another issue is, uh, well, not an issue, but, like, another thing that kind of happened where I was like, that was strange, was the old couple. I was going to bring that so up. So the then. old couple, I liked it. I liked them. So apparently the previous owners of the vehicle had it for a long, long time and they had their first date in that car and they had a lot of really good memories and they find out that that is the exact same car just by happenstance. Yes. But even then I'm still willing to believe this. Yes. And they pull over the kid by like honking at him, flashing lights and listen, like we don't, we're sorry we're bothering you, but we think this is our old car and could we pay you some money to have a joyride in it? 
for like 30 minutes and they, they offer him like $300. Hold on. Yeah. You're leaving out the story. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell the so story. The story, like they, they tell him uh, how they identify it as their car is um, she, she reupholstered one of the seats in the passenger side mm-hmm. because they're like, yeah, we couldn't get the blood out of it. And the, the kid's like, what? <laughs> you, they tell the story about how the blood got in in the first place. So apparently he was speeding to the hospital mm-hmm. with cops behind him. Mm-hmm. And she ends up giving birth on that scene. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a lot of crazy shit. And yeah, like I'm not going to like just if you guys want to see it, I'm not going to go over mm-hmm. the whole. There is a lot of funny stuff in their story because it's so so asinine that an old couple is going to pull you over and tell you about their fucking lovemaking. Yeah. Like things. It, I liked the old couple though. I, yeah. I enjoyed them and I, I grew to like them a lot. So then all the bad stuff that happened was, it was very effective yes. and made me sad, but it was jarring. Okay. So they go to like make out point with this old couple. And of course the old couple, the gag is they're going to try to start fucking. Yes. I already knew that. Everyone knows that. And then the young kid is in the backseat, like Jesus, what is going on? So he tries to get away. Turns out another big coincidence. One of the bad, like couple of the bad gang members are there also trying to make out like that young couple that's yeah. with the gang. And they uh, send the rest of the gang members over. There's like the whole gang is there and they can't stop these people from getting away. And there's like a lot of like mace being sprayed in the face. Ends up that the older man gets shot. Yeah. And he bleeds out. He yes. dies in the car. And then they get to the hospital. There's just one line from a nurse, and he's like, uh, the lady's like, hey, so your grandma's doing okay. Do you want to see her? And he's like, well, what about grandpa? And he's like, oh, he's dead. Yeah, that was weird. And then we cut to the main character just sitting quietly with the the older woman, and they don't exchange any words. And then we cut to the rest of the movie. Like, it's, that's done. Yeah. It never comes up again. The hero gets to kiss the girl at the end after he's seen mass violence on a scale that people probably don't see unless they're in a world war or like out in Afghanistan. Yeah, I mean, like they the shit that this kid experiences, and he's like, "I have confidence now, and I can kiss the girl." I'm like, "That's insane!" Instead of that's fucking insane. Instead of PTSD, he gets coffee and pancakes at a diner. And then he, yeah, he gets he gets the girl, and they get to make out in the diner. Holy shit! And we get a really fun gag that goes oh, on for too God. long with his friend. See, okay, so screaming at them from outside the of his first, car. The, the the orange juice gag that you brought up too much. I didn't mind that. One. I couldn't that, handle it. That one was okay to me, but uh-huh. the last one where he's outside and screaming at them, he's like, "You woke me up for this," and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. We had to cut around some uh, garage sounds, but anyways. Closing thoughts, Dan. What do you think? Um, this film, again, too long. It was a wild ride. Gun violence was gratuitous. Mm-hmm. I don't mind gun violence, but like it, it just it literally became gun porn at the end. Yes, that the last scenes of the shootout and the chase went on for a thousand million years. Yeah. And oh, so I wanted to bring this up too. Remember, so the guy with the mask, who always wore the mask, I love that character. Yeah. Loved the idea of him. Yeah. I loved him and the older woman and being friends and the book club was kind of silly. I was kind of into I it. I like the book club, yeah. And I almost wanted them to explore more of the main villain's connection with the gang. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been nice if he was actually really cared about them, but treated them meanly. Because then when they all died and he was the only one left, that would have been a great payoff if he was like, 
I'm all alone now. Like I really fucked this yeah. up over this fucking money when I should have been caring more about my gang instead of trying to get all the like the drugs and everything. Yeah, but like, he, that would have been great. But he was he was definitely like psychopathic. He was. They were all psychopathic, but they were all still friends. Most of them. Yeah. I think it would have been more fun, at the very least, is what I'm saying. Not what actually happened in the okay, movie. Okay, yeah, you're right. Um, because the villain just walks away in the night, which was interesting. I like that choice, but I think it would have been better for him to even have his own arc of, like, I have to live with this guilt now. Like, I really fucked up. Yeah. But they don't really touch on that at all. So but The film is ahead. not necessarily about them. So, no. Like, that, that's, but then that's they focus on them so much. I know. It's strange. It's, that's why I say it's like it's, the focus is a little off. Uh, and so anyways, they had um, the mask guy. Uh, the boss is like, go get the money. Go get the money. Because the money is in the center of the shootout in a warehouse. And the bullets are flying everywhere. I mean, people have like Uzis and shit. It was out of control. So he... He waddles over there like a fucking idiot, like standing straight up, grabs the money. He's like grabbing it, grabbing it, grabbing it, looks up, grabbing it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's like he's taking so long to like, just fucking grab the money and run. And then when the kid goes to get the keys, it's the main immediate. character, yeah. yeah, he just slides in, grabs it, and runs out. Well, he's the main character. He's got uh, main character powers. I was like, motherfucker. So it's. It, it's bad when you have like obvious setups for like the squibs to go off. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, we got to make sure we get this shot. So we really got to hang on it for a long time. Like, look, you got the coverage. Now cut it down a bit. Ease <laughs> it down a bit, buddies. Oh, ease it down. We don't need to fucking see the starting X that you stand on, you know, for you to get shot. Like, holy Christ. Everybody to position one. Yeah. And I'm being a little hard on this movie. You know why? Because I feel like this movie is a little higher budget than yeah. some of the the normal films that we cover on here. Yeah. So I feel a little bad. Like I, it, this movie isn't bad. No, it's not. Like it's it's rated five point four on IMDb. Like it, again, well, not again, but like you should never trust an IMDb rating. Like yeah, they can be very misleading sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think, and I think in this case, like yeah, I would give it a six, maybe a six point five. Yes. It was only certain, like, I laughed a lot in yeah. this movie. There was only certain points where I kind of felt like, uh, They even had okay, a Nick okay, Cage okay. joke in this movie. Yes, there were some good jokes in it, and it, I, it just didn't stay steady throughout, and I think it was a good first attempt by both of these creatives. They've done a lot of shorts in the past. I think mm. one of them has maybe done one other film, but as a collaborative work- I think it's a strong step forward and I want to see more stuff from yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully they learn from this experience and take people's criticism to heart. All right. So thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you all. You can find us on Twitter at <laughs> Indie Film Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Indie Film Review Pod. You can find us by email at theindiefilmreview at gmail.com. We set up a Patreon primarily for filmmakers who want to get their films uh, reviewed quicker because our turnaround for filmmaker submissions is about six months. Mm -hmm. um, and it Only might, growing. It, it's it, only it might be bigger. even longer than that because <laughs> we just got three emails in the last two days. Yeah, so. we get so many in a week. Yeah. Uh, just for that Patreon, uh, five bucks to get your film on a priority list um, and it'll go out a lot faster if you are on a deadline for distribution and whatnot and you want press. Yeah. Uh, hey, everybody. The Necropodicon Network is a place that you can go to if you want to listen to more cool podcasts like ours with better quality and more entertaining hosts. Thank you. <laughs> 
think you undermine. No, I like to undersell us because when people enjoy us, no. it's great. See what yeah, I mean? I see, ah, I see, I see. it's a trick. I'm tricking you. So you do think we're uh, awesome? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, but yeah, uh, please go to the necropoticon.com. If you go there, you can click on the link to the Discord and uh, come hang out with us and chat with us there. Um, you can also check out all our bios and read about what the other podcasts are about. And, you know, if you want to try them, you can kind of check them out. You can see my pretty out. face. Yeah, your pretty face is going to hell. So uh, thank you all so much for listening. I, uh, you know, so many people have been listening. Uh, like our numbers have been going up a lot recently and uh makes me a very happy boy and i uh, thank you so much especially to our international listeners uh which we have a lot of now so that's cool so thank you dan you have the final word i nobody move this is a robbery Take our medicine. Empires, demons, apples, mice, gnomes, barbarians, saxophones, dice. Fate of Ison is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast from New Zealand. The players are comedians, and the dungeon master is very, very patient. Check out fateofison.com to discover fan art, cast profiles, and a whole new world of adventure. Necropoticon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen.